everybody. This is Jenny with my Amulet Podcast. I'm so excited for my guest today. I am so grateful to be here. No, I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm so grateful that we connected because I, this is, this is like, I'm like a kid that's going to Disneyland. <laughs> this is so cool and interesting and exciting and I have a million questions for you. So um, let's just get started. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the history of tarot. So um, it's it's so interesting because it does have, even in and of itself, it has quite a mysterious history where there's various sources of like, when did it exactly begin? And uh, the the most common, I guess, like history that I've, I've found and researched is like the 1400s. And it started as a, um, like an Italian playing game is when it, we kind of knew of it in Western culture, but there's ties all the way back to Egypt as divination tools that inspired that Teruichi, the Italian like playing card game. And from that, that, um, it kind of people started to use it to then um, fortune tell of kind of like, oh, OK, what does this mean for the future? And then it it went through um, like a path to the um, Marseille deck in France shortly after that. And then the Order of the Golden Dawn is kind of the, uh, I guess, like the biggest influencers that we know of for tarot that created the Smith Rider Waite deck. And that's the one that um, if you see tarot, if you even like uh, Google a tarot card in the Internet, right. usually the Smith Rider Waite imagery will come up. It's the the most famous, the most well-known and still for sale today. And, and the imagery is kind of like the most iconic. And a lot of decks, including my own deck, are derived from the archetypes and the images of the, the 78 cards in the Smith Rider weight. But um, the history of it is interesting because I think many people um, kind of took the idea of uh, visual divination through the cards mm -hmm. and adapted it. And um, to, and we're seeing that like still of kind of how, how that's being celebrated, how it's being evolved. And I love that so many people are now able to create their own decks when that was way harder back then like with, with printing presses and like the way that it even came about in production and now a lot of um, smaller artists like readers like myself are able to kind of take their own experience through reading and make that into a divination tool that's that's custom to to their journey right that's so interesting yeah yeah um I tried looking into it a little bit and there's you know there's like such a wealth of information yeah but I did see what you just mentioned that it stops at like the 1400s. Yeah. Like it got a little Yeah, muddy. it gets weird, right? And people right. say like it goes back further than that to Egypt. And there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of mystery around it because right. I think that there was this idea of um, keeping it like, uh, first of all, there was, you know, people were persecuted for fortune telling throughout the years. There's the whole going back into like the, the persecution of witches. Um, but there was also almost like the keeping it, keeping it secret, which mm -hmm. secret, which made it a little bit taboo. And I think right. that that's something we still deal with today of like, oh, does that mean it's evil? Does it mean it's dark? So there are gaps in the history of kind of, I think a lot of things were, were told um, back then, like bypassing by it down through lineage word of mouth versus written record. So yeah, from what I have studied, from what I understand, it's 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 traceable exactly what you found back to like the 1400s, but it's a little bit, um, it's a little bit mysterious going back further than that. Right. But I can totally see why these cards with the that playing set would lend itself to kind of people saying, hey, I wonder what this means yeah. or, and how it could evolve into what it is today. Yeah, I, totally. so interesting. So cool. Um, it From what I saw, it seems like every culture has its own form of uh, fortune telling. Yeah. What do you think sets tarot apart 
from all the, these other systems, for lack of a better word. Yeah, I think that um, it's it's you know it's very visual, so that's the first thing. And I think across culture, across language, um, we are like such visual creatures as as you know as humans. And I think that it's something that that's it's it there's something that's easy to grasp and learn, and that's usually the first part of reading that people access. Like when I was young, I always talk about like I just kind of was like, what is this card? What what do I see? What does it make me feel? Was how I learned to to read more or less. And then there's many layers of, of each card in terms of like numerology, astrology, Kabbalistic tie-ins um, could go into all of that for forever. But I think that the kind of um, unifying piece of tarot is that it's it there is an element of accessibility through the visual images. And even when people are learning different divination tools, whether it's like working with um, pendulums, whether it's working with like um, crystal ball, there are other visual aspects, but the tarot has so many touch points that I think give us like even even if you don't know what that card means from a guidebook, you're like, oh, I see like Queen of Cups. I see this woman. I see water flowing. It feels um, very feminine. It feels open. It feels warm. So it makes it feel a little less um, like, I don't know what I'm doing because there are things to work with, even right. from like the complete novice's eye. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. I guess we can all in a way analyze symbols. Yeah, absolutely. So it's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yes. How, at what age did you start? Mm. I was around um, like I think 11. I remember being in oh, grade wow. school. Yeah, I always was really drawn to the metaphysical like back then because, um, you know, I, I'm like an elder millennial. So like late 80s, early 90s, it wasn't even called metaphysical or like wellness and healing the way that it is today. It was like the occult section. Right. It, it wasn't was even of, new age. Yeah, yet. it wasn't even new age. Yeah. And it was kind of scary. Like you would go into a bookstore, it'd be like the back corner <laughs> and it was like occult. And I was always drawn to that, which probably freaked my poor mother out because it's not something, you know, I meet a lot of people that they're like, oh, I'm a third generation medium or like my mom introduced me to this. And that's not the case at all for me. Like it was like a, I came from this very small rural Amish area of Pennsylvania. Um, no experience in my family with it, but there was something in me that was always drawn to that. So I would save my allowance and I would buy like astrology books. And I remember being like 10, 11 years old was the first time I got a tarot deck at Barnes and Noble in this like strip mall in the middle of Pennsylvania. And my mom, um, I remember her looking at it because she would always look at what I wanted to buy. And I think in her mind was like, okay, as long as it's not like satanic or like, right. you know, and she's like, <laughs> I guess, I don't know why you want this stuff, but I guess, and was open-minded enough to let me explore it. So at that point I was very like self-taught. Um, and as I was explaining in terms of like the visual of the cards, I didn't really study the guidebook at first. It was kind of I would pull cards and be like, how does this make me feel? What's in this image? And to this day, there are certain things that I, I would think back of like as a child, what my perception of the card was. And there's roots to that. But then there are things that have changed and what I've learned as I kind of studied it as an adult, you know, and went right. deeper into different layers and meanings of the cards. That's so cool, though, that you went into it just by intuition. Yeah. And you could read the cards just through your intuition. I feel like, and you know, I always tell people it's a great way to learn is like through the mind of a child. It's similar to language, how like, you know, your children are like multilingual and it's kind of like when you learn as a child, you don't have the rigidity of like, am I right or wrong? It has to be this way. You're just kind of playing with it and picking it mm -hmm. up. And so the parts of the way that I learned then were much easier than the way that a lot of people are like, okay, I have to memorize the guidebook or like this has X plus Y equals right. Z in the, in the meaning of this. 
So there, um, there is something that is very um, like pure and intuitive just in the way children learn in general. So I think that's, and when I teach tarot, I kind of teach from that aspect of like how I originally learned myself. Um, mm. And I would do things like little playing card games with my best friend if we would play like um, card games like war and then like d- like have to defend like why why king of swords would be like king of wands for, or like, you know, whatever card came up, like this is why this card is more powerful. And it was a cool way to learn because it is very um, subjective, but it was going into um, like the, what what the, those cards brought up for, for me versus like, uh, oh, this is the hard and set black and white meaning of something. Right. Yeah. That's so that's so cool because, um, yeah, I'm I'm thinking like I'm trying to think back to you know my first experience with a deck of cards playing. Of course, yeah. Like, I remember my grandfather trying to teach. He was rich. He was trying to teach me. Yeah. And I the the images are very captivating. Yeah. And you can just kind of like let your imagination go. Yeah. And so it's so interesting that you you that's a, such a good point. Because sometimes, like as adults, we try to look at things in such a rigid way. Yes, like so logically. And, right. Yeah. Yeah, but kids don't. Yeah. They just pick it up and run with it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I imagine that as starting this as an adult can be daunting. Like yeah. what I read about, like, what is it, the major arcana? Mm-hmm. And then the, I'm like, what? I, I get so overwhelmed. Like, wait, how many cards? And how do you know which one belongs to which? And yes. Yeah. And that's why, like, and I do love to teach as well. I'm, I'm doing a digital course coming up in the spring, but I do, like, one-on-one and group courses um, over the past couple of years. And I that's the thing I kind of like to, like, like break that down into a much more accessible, democratized way of learning. Because it is overwhelming when you get a guidebook and like you're saying, like, how many cards, how many major and minor arcana? <laughs> There's, you know, 78 cards. And then when you read reversals, that's like 156 or whatever right. that times two is. Um, so it's it can just feel like, oh, what's the point? Like, I'm never going to be able to do that. What's right. the point? Um, and it's actually a lot more simple than that when we come at it from a pure accessing our intuition. Because I, I that's how I learned. And then I picked up more data points along the way. And then I was slowly like, I'm curious about like the astrological rulings because I I also like, you know, uh, study astrology a lot as well. And then I was like, oh, I'm curious about the Kabbalistic tie-ins. So then you can kind of like pick more points up to help you have um, more access to what comes up first when you're reading. So it's sometimes for me, it's the numerology. Sometimes it's the astrology. Sometimes it's still just like the imagery of the card that I'm like, that's what I'm getting for what's coming through for the person that I'm reading for. Do you think anybody can learn how to do this? Oh, yeah. Or you need to have like a spiritual connection? I think, I mean, I think some of us are more drawn to it than others. And we all have um, different, uh, whether it's divination tools or different ways of accessing our intuition that come through more clearly. But I think anyone, absolutely anyone can learn how to read tarot. And I, I always say like we all have access to our like inner guidance system, access to intuition. It's just a matter of how we choose to engage with it. Like I used to, my, one of my first jobs, like in my my former life in this life was <laughs> I was in fashion forever. My first job was designing for Nike. And their mission statement is um, that they're designing for athletes. And there's an asterisk that says, if you have a body, you are an athlete. And I feel like that about intuition too. I it's love kind of, that. Right? And it's like, yeah, if we were all athletes, it's a matter of kind of like accessing that part of our physical you know our physical routine or physical body and I'm like if you if you are a human you have intuition so I feel very similarly about accessing you know and whether it's tarot like I said there's so many ways that we can work with that I have a friend who reads runes I have people um that read you know work with pendulums and that's kind of their go-to method mine is obviously tarot but I think that yeah we all if we're human we have intuition it's just learning how to access it right 
That's that makes a lot of sense. And going back to what we originally talked about, if I think almost every culture, safe to say, has some sort of yeah, um, yeah, right. So the Turkish they read coffee, right? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The Chinese have the what is it called? The is it I Ching? Oh my god, oh. I don't want to mispronounce anything. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not familiar with that, but I know that there's a lot of like um, tea leaf reading, and then I've heard about like right. the Turkey, like the, in Turkey they do the coffee coffee grind reading. So right. yeah, yeah. So it's um it's actually very common. Yeah, and it makes a lot of sense because there, it kind of helps you address the big what if. And I right? think that like when you're saying can anybody do it, a lot of times we've been trained kind of like in this 3D human matrix that we live in to disconnect from intuition. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, kind of being able to work with whether it's tarot or tea leaves, um, like saying, okay, I want to reconnect with my inner guidance system. And how does it come through? I feel like a lot of what I do in readings is a mirror of people's own inner guidance system. And so a lot of times, mm-hmm. yes, things from the future will come through. But I I would definitely go on record as saying they, they have the ability to access that too you know and so beautiful yeah yeah like that's incredible and a lot of times what I'll share of and where they are at the present moment I mean you know this is like a stranger that I've never met coming to me for a reading and I'm like oh did this recently happen they're like oh that's crazy yes that did just happen and I'm like this is where I feel like your energy is right now and so even what I'm seeing coming through for the future like they have the ability to access that and I'm really just a mirror of kind of like their own intuition so it's to me it's always tapping into like yes like the universe like you know my my guides that combine with their guides but that's it's really just coming together to kind of put a mirror of in front of their own inner knowing and intuition right yeah is that is that the same thing that we say like our gut is yeah i feel like a lot of people say like like it's a, oh it's like a gut, gut feeling, feeling like totally yeah yeah and it's people feel it in different places like and i always i talk to people a lot about that of um determining the difference between anxiety and intuition and like where do you feel Ooh, it because some people that's do that's a good one yeah because it's kind of like where in your body how does it feel um because a lot of times i feel like anxiety will feel um uh it feels like jittery it feels unsafe whereas intuition it can hit you but there's a calmness to it. So whether you feel it and you'll learn where you feel it in your body. For me, it's usually more um, like like my heart chakra, like chest. I feel things where it feels expansive, but I'm like, whew, okay, that feels true. Whereas anxiety for me, um, it feels constrictive and it feels mm, like unsafe. Yeah. And so even when, and I always say, even when it's bad news with intuition, if you're like, I know I didn't get that job or I know like, you know, that thing's going to fall. You're like, I know it, but you're kind of okay with it. It's not You've that like, it. yes, it's, there's a yeah. feeling of surrender and acceptance when it's an intuitive hit versus like, an anxiety feeling yeah that wow I'm so happy that you explained that because I've wondered like so how do I know if this is really my gut or if I'm just like freaking out or I'm nervous or whatever the case may be yeah so that makes that's like right on point yeah Yeah. because I mean I remember like my grandmother you know always saying like follow your gut or trust your gut and now I catch myself saying that to my kids yeah but then I'm like, what the heck does that mean? And I say it to people all the time. Like yeah. when they ask me, I go, you'll know what to do. Just follow your gut. What does that mean? Really? Yeah. And I think that, I mean, it's so true. Like that's accurate. But I think that it's uh, it's funny because a lot of questions that people ask me, I'm like, you know the answer to. And even that's cliche. It's like, oh, you know. And it's, but it's one of those things that's um like, it's like riding a bicycle. It's like working out. The more you work with your own, you'll know how it comes through. And it comes through differently mm-hmm. for all of us. Like for me, I hear a lot of things. Um, I have a friend who feels things a lot. Like she'll feel things like, like almost like, um, like Reiki energy, like warmth oh, wow. in her body to affirm things. Like I get a lot of things through hearing 
wearing. Um, even when I was saying like, where in your body do you feel things when something feels true? Some people, it is their stomach. It's like that like solar plexus of like it's empowering because it feels true. Other people, it's like heart or, you know, it depends. And as you learn where you feel it, you're like, oh, I know what that is for me. But it is something that's hard to give. Like when you're saying to your kids, um, like a universal way of like, this is how what it's going to feel like. Like we kind of learn on our journey where to access it. And it's just providing, I think, all of the different um, tools and opportunities for people to play and, and explore and be curious about how to access it that we learn how to more clearly. That's unbelievable. That's so interesting. Oh, my goodness. Would you qualify tarot like an oracle? So I feel like, you know, uh, an oracle is something that kind of gives, yeah, like that it, it, it is a form of divination and it gives guidance and um, like, and, and for, for many of us insight into future timelines. So absolutely. Um, in terms of like, I think it's a little bit like that because there are oracle cards, which are like those like, you know, divine guidance cards that are more open. Tarot does have more structure and it's funny because I'm quite like, um, I'm very feminine in appearance, but I'm quite like masculine in a lot of ways. I've navigated the world and there's something that people either usually prefer oracle, like tr oracle cards that are more open in terms of, um, there's not a set number. There's not a, like a set structure of the, the tarot is 78 cards. There's major arcana, minor arcana. Um, and I like, I like a little bit of the structure to it. Cause I feel like that's, um, it's, it's a mirror and a representation of how we live in the world. We live in somewhat of like this rigid matrix, but being able to access the magic within that is um, to me, that's very tarot of like, it's like, here are the rules, you know, where do they apply? Where do they not? Some people never read reversals. Some people like every tarot reader I know reads very differently. So like that's a long question to like, yes, it is an oracle. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that there um, there's a lot of uh, there's more structure around tarot than there are in other forms of oracles. And that can either be freeing or limiting, depend on how you view the world and how you kind of navigate that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's I would see why why you know, tarot would be limiting or not. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's kind like of like... Like in my brain, the way my brain works, I need structure. Yeah. So for me, it makes complete sense. Totally, totally. Like to, I love To have that. like rules and boundaries and, and know like, okay, how does this thing work? Yeah. Or if it's just you know, open and no rules, I, I wouldn't even know. Because I have a lot of friends um, that are like really powerful, like channelers and, and readers and they'll only work with like Oracle cards that are not the tarot. And they're like, oh, I don't I don't mess with tarot. It feels too, <laughs> like it's like it's almost like they're afraid that they're going to break the rules. Whereas I'm I'm the type of person where I'm like, I show see. me all the rules so I can break them, you know, so right. I, mean, I know what resonates, what doesn't, um, what feels like it's a, a good guidance in the system versus like I, I never looked at it like I have to read this way. But I was kind of like, oh, let me learn that structure that's been around for, for right. centuries for a reason um, and then see what applies and what doesn't ways that I can revise it and make yeah. it, you know, more more accessible today but uh, it's it's one of those things that can actually be polarizing of like oracle cards versus tarot cards of you're either like usually in one camp or the, or other. the other yeah and I, yeah. I work with oracle cards as well but I'll normally do um in readings like tarot and then if I do um on my Instagram usually for like new moons full moons big astrological transits I'll do like a pick a pile where like looking at the video and then like pick the pile that resonates the most with you visually and in that I'll do like um an oracle card as like the overview card and then like my you know my tarot deck as the as the spread so I work with both but like I really I don't like I said I feel like we live in a matrix and I'm kind of like in the matrix but not of the matrix so I'm like let me 
work with that and kind right. of see how it can be um, can be beneficial. But yeah, I, there's there's definitely like multiple schools of thought around that. That's amazing. Um, I thought it would be more clear cut. Yeah, I didn't realize it's you know it can get so like muddy. Yeah. Um. So you touched upon this a little bit, but I want to go into it a little more. Um. How did tarot become associated with the occult? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, there it was taken in many directions, and um, historically, the biggest uh, de- developers in the Western world of the tarot were um, this this group called the Order of the Golden Dawn, and they were basically um, like a pr- practitioners of magic. It was very hush hush. It was like you had to be initiated in, and I think that that took it into kind of the um, a little bit of like the oh, there's mystery around it. There's secrecy because the the occult is very there's something almost like you have to the, the, yeah that you do have to be initiated or that there's this like underground feeling of it. Um, and as a result of that, I think it's had that connotation for, you know, for better or worse. I, I think that it's, it's good that it's now becoming more, um, in the mainstream and there are people that are like, oh, that's, you know, it's making it trendy. Now people aren't doing it from a place of like pure and intuitive connection. But I think the more that we can provide intuitive tools to everybody, the better, like we all need healing more than ever right now. So I think it's kind of coming out of the dark in a lot of ways. Um, but like any, Anything. I when people say like, oh, is it is it a tool like of the dark? The people that are like, is it satanic? Is it negative? The way that I address that is like anything ha- can be used for light or shadow. It's kind of like a knife can be made to make a sandwich. It can also be used to like stab someone. It's you know, such a good analogy. Yeah, and like the the, the internet, um, social media, like it can be used for really terrible um, bullying for negative use of information, but it can also be used to connect to like illuminate. Like look at all of the ways we've come together because of right. social media in the past two years. So I always use like the, yeah, like the social media, like the knife analogy of there's light and shadow and it's what do we choose to do with it? How do we access it? And tarot has been such a gift of the light and of illumination and healing in my life and for so many people that I I read for and connect with. Right. I mean, of course, it makes sense that it would, you know, be associated with the occult in its inception and its beginnings. But it's, I think the more you know, the more we evolve and the more we understand energy and, you know, even from a scientific perspective, right? Like energy can be destroyed or created. It's just there. All of this stuff starts to make a little bit more sense. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And it shouldn't be as scary as it was, you know, what, 200 years ago? Yeah. And I think it's like, if it doesn't resonate with you, like when you're talking about just like from a quantum energetic perspective, if you're like, "Mm, I don't feel good about it, like then don't like, don't work with it, you know, find something that does feel expansive and light energy. Um, So yeah, I don't think it's like the, the end all be all for everybody. I always say that about any tool, any healing modality, if it resonates, like absolutely. Um, If not, not like like leave it and find the thing that does you know right. keep moving Move on your on. journey yeah yeah it's yeah it's true um but that wouldn't mean that this is a terrible thing you know what i mean yeah like, I, that's just the way i see it like just because it didn't work for oh, you oh totally it doesn't mean that now you have to demonize it yeah oh 100 uh, yeah yeah um yeah that's my opinion yes <laughs> yeah not not yours you know what i mean like no, totally. i don't i don't want to put words in your mouth so um what do you think people are so afraid of it? Um, I think that there's been a lot of societal programming, um, both in like mainstream culture and also like religions that have demonized um 
accessing our intuition, because if we're all able to do that free of um, government structure, free, free of religious structure, that puts a lot of power in like our own hands. Right. Like if we can just access, because when people, it's funny, I had someone who was very religious once ask me at an event, like, who is this governed by, meaning the tarot? And I was like, like the the same source that governs everything. Like whether you want to call that God, the universe source, I'm like, that's where the information, I'm like, I'm just a conduit or a channel for what comes through. And it's coming through for the highest good of whoever I'm working with. Like I always do a, whether you want to call it a meditation, a prayer, a spell. To me, it's like, that's all like same, you know, language yeah. around the same intention. I do like um an intentional connection before every reading of bringing information through that's helpful, healing and empowering for the person in front of me. Like anything that I can bring through for this I person. That. that's helpful healing and empowering um so when people are kind of like oh is it of the dark where does it come from I'm like we're all as you're saying energetically like from a quantum perspective we're all connected as a you know into this one consciousness from like god's source the universe and that's how i look at like what comes through like and how and tarot is just a tool that helps me personally connect to that but i think that there has been for for you know centuries um we've been programmed to disconnect from that unless it's unless we're told how to like you're allowed right. to do it in this way in this structure um and that's you know going back to like the witch trials like that's what happened well, a lot of people were demonized that were just midwives, like helping, mm -hmm. helping to birth babies, helping to heal with herbology. I'm not even talking about divination tools, but just like creating elixirs and healing tools with like, you know, right. of the earth. Which like, is medicine. Which is medicine, right? Yeah. And it is medicine. And like, to me, like tarot is a form of healing and of, of medicine of like the soul and of the spirit. But all of those things that we've been demonized for, of like, no, like you should not be able to access that healing. But like thinking about if we opened that up, which I do think we are in this day and age, if we open that up to all of us being able to access healing and to help one another access healing like we'd be in such a more connected beautiful you know loving space in the world right so um i have a degree in english literature but my it was i have a heavy background in religious studies which is why like this to me it's so so exciting yeah um but i say all that to say that you know in in my what i have studied religion for a long time you know it it was very um middleman you yeah know? you had to in order to access god you have to go to church you have to go through your priest or, yeah and even though that's great right yeah. to have somebody to like a physical yeah, person to go to I don't think that should be the only The only, way, that's how I feel too. Right? Yeah, like um, I think that's amazing. And for those people that that resonates with and they're finding and accessing like healing and clarity, 100%. Right. But I think that like we shouldn't be demonized for being able to have that connection Right, to have too. that stray like, yeah. you know, line that yes. you can just pick up and go, hey. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I don't need to go see someone. Um, so yeah. I think, I think that's super important for people to, who are starting on their spiritual journey, yeah. whatever that may be, um, to to point out, you know, that it's okay to have a direct relationship with yeah. God or the universe, whatever name you want to, yeah, you want to call it. And I yeah. think the more we open to that, um, the less alone we feel, and the more that we kind of like trust. Um, this journey, you know, mm -hmm. and trust where we're being guided because it does feel less isolating of like, wait, no, I am able to tap into that. Yeah. And like, I'm worthy to tap into that. Like you're saying, yes. I don't need someone else to. Yeah. 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 And, you know, at the end of the day, realizing that you're not alone. Yeah. Right. It's there's always someone there, whether, you yeah. know, whatever you want to call. 
Yes. Him, her. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's I I honestly believe that. Um, Have you ever had anything scary happen to you? Um, Not necessarily in a reading, but like I said, I set really um, clear intentions and boundaries around my space when I read for the protection of myself and whoever I'm reading, the client that I'm reading for and working for. Um, But in terms of like... um, yeah, I think as I opened my own intuition, because I went through a big transition of my my previous life, like as this big executive in the fashion world, I used to be the creative director of Playboy and work in, you know, um, design in, in Manhattan. And I was a heavy drinker, heavy partier. And I think a lot of that in my 20s to early 30s was to turn off the intuition of it was like... A, you were I, trying to like placate it? Yes. I was just like, I just want to be what like I'm supposed to be. Like, you know, that's what like success, like I thought looked like. And I was like, I just want to follow this path that I told myself what was what my life was supposed to look like and I I did a lot to turn it off and so when I had this big you know dark night of the soul awakening in 2017 and came full on back into my work then it came on strong and so I did have some scary moments of like spirit like things coming through and I think it was like it, I felt almost like um if anyone's ever seen the movie ghost with Whoopi Goldberg where, yes. it's, like, where it's like oh now it's available when she like you know how then all of a sudden she's like now I'm hearing all this stuff that's how I felt well it's like oh my gosh and that's it did teach me boundaries because I would have things um, like I would see things be woken up in the middle of the night. I would have messages, some for people. And I would now I say like, if this is a message that I can get through to someone that will be helpful, healing and empowering, I'll take it. Um, But otherwise, like I need this space to like restore my physical body because it was coming through a lot at night. One was like a friend of my mom's um, uh, husband who had passed away. There was like messages coming through with that. There was um, I had these weird handprints. I lived on a 12-story like high-rise building in New York, and I had these handprints that looked like someone had like literally wiped down the side of my my window. And I knew I was like trying to tap into it. I was like, oh, there's something like sad. It wasn't scary, but it was kind of like there's something sad that happened here. And um, I was like doing like um, readings for like with my cards around it, and I was like, I think someone like there was like a like I didn't know if it was a suicide or um, a death. And then uh, went to my building. I was like, hey, there's these handprints. They're like, oh, it's probably, probably leaves. It's nothing. And I showed pictures and the woman was like, oh, dear God. <laughs> like, it was because it looked like there's hands, no way. Not leaves. And there's no way that access at a nice hub where their window washers, was there anyone that was, you know, on, on the floor? And she was like, no, not because it was the middle of winter. And she was like, not since the yeah. summer. Um, so then I um, continued to like do some deep diving research. And there was a window washer who died there, um, like, like in was cleaning that the the complex two, two or three years prior to when it happened. So it was before I ever moved into that building and um, was getting the message of just like almost like uh, he felt lonely and it was kind of like going back into the routine of like where he like felt like himself so I mean I did all I could have just like a little um, a ritual and like ceremony of kind of sending him love and connection and like even though there's probably like a lot of um, entry points coming from my window because I do work with energy a lot that I'm like I'm not the answer for this and it's probably looking like a light to come here but th- right. this is not like the end of your journey basically right. and then after that like the the um, there were no more like prints or anything so I I've had spirits trying to connect probably because as I came online, it was like, ooh, the, there's this conduit now. And like, oh, she's there. She's there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was probably clogged up for a while. You know, so it's like, oh, we can come talk to you. Um, so I've had those type of experiences, but it taught me to boundary a lot of kind of like I was saying, almost like one of the big things I like joke about is office hours where I'm like, I really need to sleep between like, you know, at least 11 p.m. and like yeah. 7, 8 a.m. Like, please, unless it's a pressing message that I can immediately get 
get to somebody because it was coming through a lot like in the middle of the night. Um, But that was mostly when I started to come back into this work. And I think it was kind of saying that like anything, there's going to be um, beauty and expansion. There's going to be challenge. It was kind Mm -hmm. of like, are you ready to open to this? Because there's going to be a lot. And it was almost like my higher self, like saying like, okay, you're going to have to learn to navigate and prepare to be the most effective in this work. So there were like, I mean, I guess those were like the scary moments, but I kind of learned how to work with those energies because right. a lot of people will do that. And there might even be people that are listening that they're like, yeah, I've had that. And then then you shut down where that, it's like, uh, right. I don't want that. I don't want that. Like I've heard clients and friends be like, oh no, I don't want like ghosts visiting me in the middle of the night. So I'd rather not know. And I do think there's a way to have balance. You know, I've had friends that have told me, <clears throat> excuse me, of similar, you know, oh, I heard, I heard this thing. And now I'm like, yes, or they'll equate it with, I was visiting this hotel and supposedly it's haunted. And then, you know, I heard this thing and now I can ever go back there again. Yeah. And they just completely like sever that yeah. um, gift or ability. I don't know what, what to call it. Yeah. So I think that's a very common response. Yeah. yeah. And it's almost like a part, I feel like it's a part of like the, like, the journey, the hero's journey and coming into our intuition is like, are you ready to receive this? Because there's a lot that comes with it. And like, it is a a point of, okay, yes. And how am I going to, like, I'll talk to spirit all the time when it, when there are like spirits that come through and I'm like, if I'm here to help, but like, also if, if not, like I have to put the boundary of like, you need to leave and there's nothing here for you. Um, I've never had anything super scary, like malicious or, or negative, but it was more of kind of like a, um, um, yeah, like waking me up in the middle of the night, not knowing what to do with the information. But I think it does help you to boundary and learn how to work with it. Right. Did you ever feel like like you were losing your mind? Oh, like, yeah. Oh, my God, I'm crazy. Yeah. I need help. Definitely. You definitely. Did. I felt like um, there were points when my best friend in Toronto, I would call her and her husband and I would give them like information and say, like, if anything happens to me, like if I'm institutionalized, oh, no. like, you know, I feel crazy. Um, but no, I've definitely now much like I, I know how to navigate it but I think you can differentiate between your own thoughts and yeah outside and I think it's overwhelming when a lot comes at once like when you were saying you've had friends that have had experiences and they're like oh my gosh I don't want to go back there or I don't want to know um I I was I remember being scared to share some of the information initially of people are going to think I'm crazy and I even think in past lives I was probably institutionalized and penalized for like practicing you know like using my intuition and practicing my gifts so it was almost like oh my gosh I don't want that to happen again I don't want to be punished I don't want to be like imprisoned in any way but that was probably in the initial stages of kind of unlocking it so I feel like people do have that experience a lot and it's um like it is learning how to balance it yeah and how did you push through that like reaction of like I'm losing my mind I think that I one of the biggest things was um, everything we were talking about, like anxiety versus intuition of tapping into does this feel like I'm like, no, it feels true. Like it feels, <laughs> you know, like I know this. And even though it's a lot, I'm like, I wasn't necessarily like I'm not scared. It's more of a sense of like a lot of information at once versus fear. It was like a um, a comp- like a hard drive that was like an old iPhone trying to run the new mm. programs. And I was like, oh, I just need to get used to running these programs and kind of assimilate to that. Um, and I did. I do. I'm very blessed that I have um, friends that don't think I'm crazy that I could talk to. And I think that's um, and I and that's when I was saying even like the side of um, social media that's really like light and expansive.
expansive right now is I think people have more access to community in this space as they're awakening to certain things of like, oh, I'm not crazy, whether it's someone else they follow, whether it's I've connected to so much of my soul family, even through Instagram, like over the past couple of years of like other channelers that are now like besties Um, because I'm like, oh, you get it, you know, and like we're getting the same downloads about like the world or about what's going on. Um, So I think that, yeah, being able to sit with is it, you know, anxiety or intuition and then being able to connect with um, other other people, even if it's digitally as well. Right. Yeah, because it's I mean, it's not like you can just say my neighbor does this too and I'll pop over and talk to them about it. I mean, not every. Yeah, I can imagine very few people actually can do what you do. So, you know, who do you turn to? Yeah, that's that's true. Yeah, it's it's amazing that now we live in an age where you guys can kind of like have a community and support each other. Yeah, I think it would be lonely. That's the thing I always think about, like um, all of the people that came before us that didn't have the Internet, that didn't have Instagram. And like I said, I know there's like, you know, shadow elements of all of those things that we navigate today. But I'm like, oh, my God, I want like two of my best friends are in California and are like channelers. And I met them because I was like, oh, we're getting the same downloads about certain things. And like we then we were DM and then we like, you know, then we've eventually met in person and become friends. But um, back in the day, if like, you know, being a being a, a witch in the like 18 1860s like I, there's no one you could talk to and You're receiving downloads of information. the in your village that yes. like, can hear things. Yes. How lonely that must have felt. Oh like I can't imagine. Yeah. And I think that we even have kind of that um, like I was just talking to my best friend earlier today actually about um, ancestral trauma and like past lives mm-hmm. and how it's still carried through you. And I I think that um, even a lot of the things that I when you were saying have you ever experienced that going crazy I think I probably was imprisoned. I think that I probably was persecuted as a witch and so I'm like, oh my gosh, is it safe to to share this information? Is that going to happen again? Right. And we we have that like throughout carried it throughout lifetimes. And I think it's really powerful the way that many of us are um, like kind of breaking through that in this lifetime and in this incarnation. Right. So now that you mentioned past lives, I want to talk about that. Yeah, because that's so interesting. Um, so can can you like take us? introduce us to the concept. Yeah. Um, I think that I, my personal um, like kind of, I guess, belief system, philosophy, whatever you want to call it, is that we have had many lifetimes and that we always have the free will to incarnate into each one. So I think that even we have like massive challenge in this life, we incarnated to um, learn those lessons, meet the people that we meet, move through this journey. And a lot of times, um, and I'm sure many people have this, and, and you've probably had this, certain things that feel whether triggered in a negative way or in a positive way. I always say I definitely read tarot in a past life because it just came like that. Right. You know, it was very easeful. It didn't feel like I had a lot to learn. I, like I said, I've studied from like the kind of nerve aspect of like, oh, I want to learn more about like the numerology of it. But um, it came through at a very young age. I was going to say, and you knew you had to do it. Yeah. Because that 11 years old, I'm like playing with Barbies. Yeah. I'm not thinking about tarot. And like back then, that was like I was saying, it was like the late 80s, early 90s where it wasn't cool. Like I remember even getting in trouble for like bringing them in my backpack to school. <gasps> to school, that's yeah, right. Because it, like, it wasn't like it is now, you know? So my mom was like, oh, like maybe don't take them to school because I had them <laughs> in my backpack. I was like playing at recess. Um, So I think that there's something like in a lot of aspects of um choices we make, things we're drawn to or things we're triggered by even that are like, ooh, like that might have been a past 
life. And that's why that doesn't feel safe because one of my biggest has always been around, like I said, like in being institutionalized. I, ha- I mean, I, I'm fortunate to say I have not in this lifetime. I hope that remains. That. <laughs> but I have I'm always like, oh, there I'm going to be. And I'm like, you know, I've, I've felt unsafe to share information. Even to like my very best friend, there were things that were coming through to me in early 2020 that I was like, oh, like I don't want people. I'm scared to, I mean, I don't really care what people think, but scared of persecution or like, right. it, yeah, being yeah. Like, taken away. And that definitely comes from from past life stuff. Um, but similarly, like on the light side of that, I've connected with people that are like, oh, this is my soul family. I've known you from before, right? Where you're like, you've definitely been in a past life. And um, you like, this is where we meet again, where it doesn't yeah. feel like this is where we meet. It's like, oh, this is where we meet in this life. And that feels so incredible. Right. So I think that there's um, de- that we've definitely like had many incarnations. And it's when we're able to tap into uh, the lessons from them, there's also a lot we can use to heal with that and connect to people and to ourselves in this lifetime. Is there a way to like find out for um, sure, you know what I mean? Yeah, like details. I, f- I feel like there are definitely um, practitioners and healers that work specifically with with um, past life regression. Some people will. Um, th- I know there are practitioners that work with like going into hypnosis and going into past lives. Mm-hmm. For me, sometimes it comes through in readings where it's like it's definitely not like my my. I would say like not my major, not my like I'm not known for past lives. So, but sometimes it will come through the way that sometimes spirit, like someone's grandmother, or someone's you know, um, like dad that passed away, will come through in a reading. Sometimes past life stuff will be like oh this is happening right now because I'm like I feel like you led a past life with this person that I'm seeing around wow. you and they're like oh that makes so much sense where there's like it's it's activating fears or it's activating the desire to um you know flee something because there was relationship karma in in that union in a past life um so I I can see it but I in terms of if there's anyone that's really interested in diving into that there are definitely um practitioners and healers that that's like that's what they do and that's kind of their gift in this lifetime is to be right. able to see that to help uh heal trauma in this one right yeah i was gonna say is it good to know because i know some people that didn't want to know their past or future they just want like leave me alone i'm here now that's all that matters i mean it's it's like anything it's like when we were saying like if tarot resonates like absolutely otherwise like leave it and keep on your journey if it if it resonates with you if you feel like you um there's reasons that it could be cathartic I, I think absolutely. Um, I worked with, I don't think she does one-on-one readings anymore, but Elizabeth April used to do past life regression. She's amazing. And um, I think hers, her um, online platform is all just Elizabeth April. And she's she's blown up and she has like a show on Gaia now. So I don't think she does like one-on-one clients. Nice. But she had said to me that I had, and which I had intuitively I felt, and she was like, you were definitely persecuted as um, like practicing your, your, your gifts and your magic like as a witch. But she said there was also one lifetime where I worked a lot with herbology which is funny because it's not something that I I mostly am known for tarot, but like I create a lot of my own herbal tinctures and um, little elixirs and I like make them for friends and family, but it's not something I sell and not something she knew about me at all. You know, she's a stranger right. and she was like, that was something that was really um, that you created a lot of healing with herbs and but that I was also persecuted with that. And so she was like, you know, that that's something to be able to like explore and heal in this lifetime. So I think that, yeah, if you're if you're drawn to want to know and you're like, mm, that might be that might open some something mm-hmm. up or you feel limited because you're like, why do I feel these blocks? Why am I coming up against a lot of people that are scared to share their story as a writer or kind of yes. like, you know, like come like come out to the world in certain ways? Um, it, it may be cathartic to look into if you're going to see like, oh, that's why because I've carried that trauma. And though it was true in that lifetime, it's not true in this lifetime. Right. And coming out of it actually is going to offer like a ripple effect through past lifetimes to, you know, allow that openness and that healing to come through. Right. 
I think it's so powerful to, you know, the idea of you've been here before. Yeah. And you got through it and you're here now. Yeah. And you'll probably be here again if oh, you 100%. choose to. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I have this like aversion to alcohol. Yeah. I don't know where it comes from. So we always joke around that like in a past life, I was this raging alcoholic. Oh, probably. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not interested at all. That's and like so <laughs> I've tried, you know, like you know, social events. Yeah. People give you like glass of wine. I'll drink some of it. I'll get this raging migraine. It's yeah. really bad. And then someone told me like, well, you drink cheap alcohol. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, you're right. I'm cheap. So that's probably true. So we were in... <clears throat> In a village in Tuscany once where they have like their own winery and they make these wines from like rose petals and it's also fancy. So I'm like, okay, this is it. Yeah. This is a test. Yeah. I drank a little bit, instant headache. Like, boom, yeah. my body's like, no, get it out. Yeah. No, no, no. So that's been like the running joke now. Like in my past life, I was well, this. And it was probably <laughs> something you healed in the, the life prior because I always say like my dad and I, like he he kind of gets what I do. He kind of doesn't. He's like 71, like like Polish Catholic, like, you know, so it's like he he sees that like I've helped people and even people he knows that like things have come through that are that are true. Um, But he's kind of like, oh, he's wary. And I always say to him with in terms of past life stuff, I'm like, the more we heal in this one, the less lessons we have in the next one. Right. So right. He, he always is like, I'll take it in the next one. I don't want to <laughs> deal with it now. But for me, like alcohol was a big thing in this one. And I was always like, oh, OK, if I can clear the addiction, I'll come back like you in the next life and be like, I have no interest. So that's yeah. really something you already always like. <laughs> Listen, you all drink. I will sit here and watch. Mm -hmm. Like, it's fine. Yeah. I, I don't judge right. you, you know. Right. Enjoy your drink. Enjoy Absolutely. Yeah. I know that I can't do it. Yeah. It's my body's I know, like, no, don't even try. Yeah, I no longer do, but that was a big lesson in this one. And I always say, I'm like, cool. Then my 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 next lifetime, like you, I'm like, it won't even be a thing because yeah. I've healed it in <laughs> this one. So for me, it is also like motivation of like the lessons we can learn, the karma we can clear, the things we can move through in this one. We're kind of like, okay, like then I'm setting my my next my next iteration up to be a little easier or like right. a little little less drama filled yeah that's so cool <clears throat> my goodness my voice what the heck is happening <laughs> i sound like a 90 year old smoker <laughs> and i don't smoke <laughs> i don't drink or smoke i'm very boring yeah me too um <clears throat> my gosh so yeah that's so so interesting have you ever met dr weiss no um from Oh my gosh, many lives, many masters. Oh, I know the book. I've read the book, but I've never, yeah. yeah. So um obviously, like I, I read the book yeah. many, many years ago, and he he was having a talk at a synagogue, you know, I don't know, like 10 years ago or something like that. And I went and it was like it was just to hear him talk. Yeah. But he was so peaceful. Yeah. Like he exuded such zen and peace and just being present. Yeah. It was insane it well, was so magical and i think that's the beauty of like um when we kind of access and and surrender to that information is i feel i truly have like zero fear of death because of because of the the downloads the information i've got right. i've received around things like past lives around like you know how energy transitions from mm -hmm. one lifetime into another and there's something that's so freeing about that of like i'm definitely here to like um, you know, learn as much as I can and heal as much as I can in this lifetime, but I don't have a sense of urgency or like fear around like death or negative things happening the way that I, I did prior to like accessing that, right. you know? So what does happen when we 
I mean, oh. I I mean, I every obviously like this is only <laughs> from my perspective. Um, I uh, I believe because so I I um for this is like a dark it gets better but in 2017 i had like planned to kill myself i had like a really really dark night of the soul but it's what led me into this work so i'm so grateful for that's why i'm like even in the dark parts of the journey i'm not afraid of anything anymore because i've seen how kind of like they they bring me where i'm supposed to go right. um so after that is when i really came back into the first thing i came back to was like drawing a tarot card a day was i was like okay like this is something that was very helpful as a kid and i'm gonna work with that um tarot was the biggest modality that healed me through that and and then I also um, did a plant medicine ceremony um, in 2017 with ayahuasca. And that was the closest thing that I could say that I know around like literally almost choosing to take my own life and then willingly going into um, this plant medicine like healing that felt like um, having a life review, which is what I believe happens when we when we die. It's kind of like a we go into this this place of seeing whether it's like a movie or a montage of like all of the moments of this lifetime, um, what we learned, what we experienced, the people whose lives we touched, um, choices we made. And I think that then there's the opportunity of if we want to tap back into the earth plane in another life um, or not. And that's why in every carnation, I kind of am like, oh, we had the choice to come here, you know, and even if we don't remember why or how um, we chose to come in to learn these lessons, to meet these people, to reconnect with souls from from our soul family from past lifetimes. Um, and so, yeah, I think that in seeing and experiencing that, and it definitely, and I've done plant medicine ceremonies since then, but it definitely changed the way that I perceive this life. And I, I think I live more fully because I'm like, I don't have a lot of the fears around, um, what that, that, what that looks like. And I, but I, at the same time have a lot greater appreciation for this lifetime too. I'm like, I'm gonna, um, you know, show up fully every day. I'm going to offer as much like love, openness and healing to everyone I interact with as much as possible. But I also trust the journey of where it's right. taking me, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I mean, it, it's good not to know yeah. to its full extent. Yeah. But to know that, um, like you said, it's it's going to be okay. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's also, I mean, it, it's still, it, there's still obviously trauma and loss when people transition to the other side. But even that um, is less uh, scary or less dark mm -hmm. to me after experiencing that. Because yeah. I'm like, oh, their soul is absolutely still there. They're still with us. And they're also making choices for their after post their transition for their soul for their highest good right um so that has really shifted not not even in my own mortality but like around other people's transition points as well of kind of like okay and i'm glad that i was able to um access that like in my in my 30s you know because it has made from this point on in my adult life a lot a lot more freeing and a lot less constrictive and fearful right. too right have you um and this is kind of personal, yeah, but yeah. like, have you lost uh, anybody? Yeah. Yeah. So my um, right before and this was kind of leading up to my dark night of the soul, I had a really rough. So anyone who follows astrology, your Saturn return is when like where Saturn, which is like the mean teacher of the planetary system. It's kind of like the hard lessons, life lessons um, where when it returns to where it was when you were born, which is usually around the age of like 27 to 30, 31. Like that's how long the rotation takes. Um, and so if you're at a good place in your life and you're it's kind of more of like that's like a mini life review. It'll it'll things will pop up. Dang, wait, Is that what <laughs> you're like, wait, am I in it? <laughs> Shit. No, I'm not in it, but now it makes sense because you said 27 to 31. Yeah. Yeah. And at 30, I had like this huge like shake up in my life. Sorry to interrupt Yeah. You. No, no, you're absolutely. Like, you're making me connect dots yeah. that I 
Not- no, totally. This is why I love, and I, you know, I work a lot with astrology and tarot, and how, <laughs> how astrology and tarot connect. Um, so yeah, absolutely. A lot of people have these big shakeups. For me, um, that when you're saying, did I lose anyone? It was before my like full awakening, and so it was a lot harder. My my best friend, who was kind of my mentor in the fashion industry, like my big brother, I worked for him since I was 18, and then we became like besties. Um, passed away of HIV related complications at that point in my Saturn return. Thank you. Um, He's with me all the time. And it's funny now. I, t- I feel like closer to him now than we are alive because I've learned how to like tap into that. Um, but and then shortly after that, another good friend of mine in New York um, died by suicide. So it was like two. And I, I wasn't equipped the way that I am now to navigate yeah. those losses. It literally like it was so dark. Um, so my my best friend uh, passed and then um, my ex asked for a divorce. I had lost my big everything, everything in like you. this Saturn return, like this couple of year period. Um, so. So it was between 2014 and 2017 that all of this was hitting. And so at 2017, I had like lost like two of my best friends. I literally um, my my marriage, my big corporate design career, like and I was living like just above poverty level in New York, which is really hard. So um, that's when I was like, I'm tapping out like I don't want to be and I didn't you know, I didn't know a lot of the things that I know and I hadn't come back into like. Um, my sole purpose and my sole work in this lifetime, but it brought me there. So I'm so grateful for that. But navigating that without the understanding of energy, um, how it is infinite and how, you know, um, like you were saying, it doesn't, it doesn't go away. It transitions and transforms is so different than um, people passing away now. It's like, and I still will, I mean, I can't imagine like, you know, my parents and maybe live much longer. They're in their, you know, their seventies, but like, I'm sure that's going to hit me so hard. But right. the way that I will um, uh, look at that and and move through it is so different than if it had happened before. Like when I lost my best friend, like I couldn't even I couldn't function, you know, yeah. and I was just like like drinking constantly, like waking up, sobbing, crying. And um, I, I think it would still 100 percent be hard today, but I would have a better under I do have a better understanding of like it's not gone, you know, You're like better equipped. Yeah. to deal with the grief yeah. that you were before. In so many yeah. ways. And just the understanding yeah. of like, oh, they're not gone. Like their physical yeah. body is. But yeah. like, and we'll miss that interaction. But right. um, so yeah, I think that that's a big, a big change in kind of accessing intuition and understanding our energy is processing grief and processing loss too. Right. Like it doesn't make it a disco dance party, but it makes it more of like a um, seeing different layers of it than just what we see on like the 3D surface of the loss, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I lost my grandmother. It's going to be like eight months ago. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah. It's I, I don't think I'm over it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, of course. But um, I, you know, because I also come from that school of thought, like, like I told you, yeah. energy's not it's not gone. Yeah. I, you know, like I know she's there. Yeah. Um, And I talk to her all the time and I want to say she talks back. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I remember like her being in the hospital and everybody saying like, oh, she's going to be okay. And I was like, no, this is it. Like, I, I feel like the doomsday, you know, yeah. just going, no, no, it's, it's over. So then it was just waiting for it to be over. Yeah. And, um, when it happened, obviously I'm sad, but it wasn't that overwhelming sadness. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was a, like okay, well, this is how we're going to be from now on type of. uh, Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like a transition, not an ending. Right, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, now I have to get used to having a relationship with you in a different way. Right, right. Um, Yeah, and, 
you know, like I said, I, I'm not fully there. Like, I haven't been able to delete her phone number of from course. my contacts. Oh, yeah. Even though it's the stupidest thing. Oh, like, it's one I of can't the, call her. No, I have <laughs> voicemails from 2013 from my best. Like, so I still, I mean, it's still in my phone, of course. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that phone doesn't exist, but the voicemail saved because I feel, yeah. Right. And I think that's like, it's okay to like have that, like those things that like from a human level bring comfort. A hundred percent. Yeah. But yeah, I totally relate to what you're saying. Like the grief is there, but I feel like I cope with it yeah. a little better yeah. than maybe if it had happened when I was younger and I wasn't so, yeah, um, I guess, aware of my spirituality or how I relate to, right. you know, whatever. Yeah, that is. totally, yeah. totally. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it's a lot. Um, you know, human existence it's complex. Yeah. It's, it's not for the faint of heart. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Um, what do you think about a person, like you mentioned, your dad's like a Polish Catholic. Yeah. Which is funny because we always have this joke, like we're Cuban Catholics. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From like, uh, I don't know if you if you guys are um, familiar with like this show from the 70s, Que Pasa USA. Yeah. So like yes. there's an episode, <laughs> like a, I forgot, it's something about saving the park. And they they tell him like, Mr. Payne, are you Democrat, Republican? And he's like, I'm a Cuban Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> and it just reminds me of my dad yeah. so much. Um, so it's like the the like our line in you know like an inside joke like we're Cuban Catholics. Yes. So uh, do you think that people like that you know like yeah. Catholics can practice their own religion and then seek tarot and readings and I think that that's coming um, more online now I think that it was kind of like very t- I think people were always doing it under the surface like you oh, probably nobody like, says yeah it, nobody's they all do always it. doing it like there's um if you've ever seen the movie Chocolat with Juliette Binoche and she was like in I think it's from the early 2000s and she was this healer Um, her thing was um like um with cacao like Mayan cacao and she have to watch oh that. you will love it. it it's a it's a beautiful movie and it's from like the early 2000s it's not like super old but it's you know not new and she she would move around from village to village in France and kind of like she would basically built the healing into this chocolates like and she had a chocolate shop but even then people were very like averse to kind of like they would come like low key but not talk about it because it was a very religious like setting in this movie so I think like that movie like people that would go like in the back curtain to a tarot reader but not talk about it like it was always happening for, for you know since the beginning of time which is why this is a divination tool that goes back so many centuries right. but I think now people are starting to reconcile that it doesn't have to be so black and white and that doing like um accessing healing through one doesn't take you away from the other either it's like it's not going to take you away from um your connection to um if you do find a connection to god through your your religion like that this is not gonna take you away right. from that it's gonna yeah. be an additional source of healing side by side whereas before i think it was very like one or you the had, other right you had to pick yeah like i know like i still have people in my life that go like oh no don't do that yeah like, that you, you're gonna wake some demons like yeah don't, yeah don't mess with that totally Really? In this day and age? Well, and I even think like on both sides, I think there are people in that like the like tarot or super um like 
like metaphysical or like Wiccan communities that are very they've been burned by institutionalized religion. So they oh. don't even like they don't like the the use of the word God or like Jesus. And I'm like, I'm down with all of it. Like I, I totally like, that. oh yeah, like there's that wow. side that like doesn't like that because they feel like like we've been demonized by institutionalized religion, which I also understand. Right. But I'm kind of like I find like Jesus as an ascended master very healing. I also like practices of Wicca, you know, yeah. and I don't think one is mutually exclusive. Yeah. Um, so I think that we're seeing more of like a unification of that and an acceptance of both existing um, at the same time and being healing at the same time, even within the same same individual's life and practices. Right. And I'm grateful for that because I think it was kind of like pick a lane for a long time. Yeah. Or if you were doing it, it was like sub subversive and taboo. And like, we don't talk about it. Like, I'm going to go to church right. and like, no one knows I have a tarot reader, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that what helped me was, um, you know, like I told you I was born in, in Cuba. So we're like, you know, we're Catholic, but then my neighbor was um, Baptist. So like she would invite me to church all the time and I would go and like, you know, sing the hymns and do the whole thing. And then on Sunday I would go to Catholic church and then like the person down the street, uh, you know, was like um, a medium. Yeah. So it was like all these That's like so cool. mesh, like this yeah. mix of different approaches to God. And I, to me that I, it was normal. Yeah, like, I thought it beautiful. was so comforting. Yeah, um, you know, and then like uh, we, my grandmother always had this saying: like there are many avenues to the market. Yeah, you just you, we're all going to the I same place. Yeah, just you know, pick your street and yeah. go down your journey. Yeah, I love that. And that's that's the way I've always approached it. Like I, I just think you know. God is everywhere. Yeah. And it's up to you to figure out how you're going to get there. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love that. Um, but I can also see why some people are, are so scared. Yeah. Um, what have, what has been like your favorite reading without giving, you know, sharing yeah. too much personal info? Um. Oh, that's hard because there's so many. There's so many like I that really touch me that like I cry. Um. I think um when uh when I see something in someone that like and I see them remember that piece whether it's like a piece of hope um whether it's like I occasionally I do have people's um like like spirits that are on the other side come through and like remembering that they're right there um the one of the biggest is that um this past year I had a girl who was and it was like really intense for me because I was suicidal at one point um was like on the verge of that and her mother had said I want to um I want to book a reading for my daughter. I usually don't have people under 18. Like most of my clients, I would say, are like from like their 20s to their 60s is probably like the, the most common, right? Like that that demo. Um, This woman booked a reading for her daughter and I didn't even know like really what she was just like, oh, she's in a challenging place. And it was coming through in the reading. Like I could feel that that's where she was at. And Oof. I was like, oh, and it's like it was it was like, you know, getting like the like the psychic hits of this, the intuitive hits, but also like such a and I'm sure that's why I was called in. Like we were we called each other into that moment in this lifetime because I'm like, right. I know what this feels like. And um, so without kind of fully like using the, the word suicide or like going really dark into it, I was like, I know that you're in a place right now that seems really hopeless or that you may not have other choices. Um, and I was like, I have all like, I know what that's like. And you're I'm like, there's no there's, you know, you're not bad. You're not wrong for ha having these thoughts or having these feelings. But 
I was like, there's something here um, with music that like you came into this lifetime to do. And she was like, she started like tearing up and she's like, I want to be a DJ. And she was saying how like that's what she asked for for Christmas was like speakers or like um, something to do with like record players. And um, I was like, honestly, and she was still in high school. And as we know, like things in high school, it feels like that's your whole world and it's never going to get better. And like now looking at this of things we've probably all navigated at that age, it's like, oh, it it does get so much better. It's nothing. It's it's not to, yeah. And it's not even like to just minister but it's like it's a short period of blip right, on your I mean. yeah yeah totally yeah, of like on your timeline yeah 100 percent right. um but so I was kind of like and I was talking to her about these gifts and I'm like it's not just something that I'm like you you have fun doing it and you feel like yourself doing it but I'm like you have a big mission like this is something you're going to heal other people like with your music with your um relationship with music and kind of dove more into that and um then her mom, like, and I still like, I save, I save a lot of like the the emails and the DMs and stuff that people send me after her mom was like, she walked out of her bedroom. It's the first time I've seen hope. And she was just like, she was like excited. And she was talking about like, you know, what she's going to do with like these, with like her, um, like record players that she got for Christmas and like all of this stuff. And it was just amazing. And she, I've stayed in touch with her mom and she's like, you know, she still has moments that are challenging, but we have her in therapy. And like, this was such a turning point where she's like, somebody saw her, like somebody right. saw like the the light and like her gifts were and you know what she I think she was being bullied I think there was stuff in school that it was like only the darkness and that's all she could see was what was being reflected back from from this like right. negativity and these really dark exchanges um so that was that will always be one of my favorites because it was like oh but it was like when I was saying about tarot it really is just a mirror of who she was like I didn't do that it came through and was like no look at yourself you're only looking at this tiny little piece right now and like look at yourself look what you have in you look what you're here to offer the world world. Um, so those are the ones that like mean the most to me. And it's like, I, I've also like, you know, people ask me like, yeah, I have celebrity clients and all of that. And some of those re- readings are beautiful and very moving, but like it's, that will always be like up until this point, one that's like uh, my favorite, um, because it was, um, seeing somebody that like she could see it. It was like the moment that like she could really look in the mirror that was really like dirty and dusty and like, oh, like that, that was, and that happens in different ways for people, whether it's yeah. around like, um, you know, a relationship that has made them feel really disempowered and they're starting to buy into that version of them um, and a reading kind of clarifies who they really are or whether it's a job situation that they're looking to kind of move into their own business or a different industry that feels scary, but that they have the power to do it. Those are always my favorite is kind of like when you can remind someone of who they are in this lifetime. Right. Yeah. It sounds like you were able to remind her what her purpose was. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden that made things so much more clear. Yeah. You know, I often wonder if people would connect more to their spirituality, how many mental health issues would kind of go oh away my gosh, or be yeah. fixed. Yeah. Yeah. I, I that for me that was the turning point because I was on and nothing against medication. I think we all need different things at different points in our journey, absolutely. and sometimes like that's yeah. absolutely the path. Um, but I was on every single like SSRI antidepressant you can imagine um, until like my kind of dark nights, then into my awakening in 2017. And now like I don't even drink coffee. Like I am yeah. like yeah, I'm not on any medication. I um because it was accessing and tapping into yeah my spiritual practices, my intuition and. I didn't I know like at the time I I had the tools that I needed to navigate what I did and I'm grateful for for that at the time but I 100% agree with you I think once we can tap into that mm-hmm. there's so much um healing that's available within us yeah cuz I mean obviously like you said we need me- medicine we need medication yeah. but m- 
how many I wonder like how many times are people being misdiagnosed? Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? like schizophrenic. Oh, I would have. If I had they're... shared with the doctor, they would have. To- I would have totally been diagnosed with like schizophrenia. Right. Like, like I think person- about that yeah. all the time. Yeah, and maybe they're not. You know, it's not just conventional medication. Yeah. maybe they're just really. You know, they need to like open up their spiritual yeah. journey. Or, yeah, yeah, that's um. I don't know. This is just where my mind goes. Yeah, definitely. Um, So you mentioned uh, astrology. Mm -hmm. How how can you give us like a little introduction, little tidbit on how all of this works together? Yeah. Well, I think that um, so the reason that I love astrology is each of the tarot cards have an astrological ruling. So at any, you know, as you pull cards in a reading, there might be something that is important of like, oh, for example, if you have the star card come up, we're moving into Aquarius season at the end of January through um, end of February. It's like, oh, this might be coming in Aquarius. Um, It can also point to um, like when we were talking about Saturn return of like, and you're like, oh, that did happen. You, You felt certain things that came through at that point in your life. Um, so in readings, I can pinpoint uh, either future points in time or things that had may have occurred in the past based on the astrological rulings of the cards. Um, so as a result of that, like I kind of do look at, I like to chart astrology because it's not like a diehard, like we have to live by that of like, a, oh, like don't sign a contract during Mercury retrograde or bad things are going to happen. <laughs> but it's kind of like, a, like when you were saying, oh, that helps me better understand my past self when I was going through my Saturn return. Even right now, we're in a Venus retrograde until January 29th of 2022 and Venus is in the same place that it was in the sky um in that in 2013 to 2014 so the end of 2013 to early 2014 so a lot of things we navigated at that time um we may like ha- have um be coming back to them but kind of almost in a like oh do I like how I went through that? What did I learn? I'm probably way more equipped to do it now, right? Of like big right. changes and a lot of that like round two. Yeah, round two. Figure out what you could do differently. Yes, what you could have done. And kind yeah. of like for a lot of people, it is a really big um, fresh start. Um, from the, And when I look back, that was when I was like getting divorced. It was when I was leaving my big corporate job. Don't really love how I, I'm not proud of how I navigated a lot of that. But I look at like even this year moving into 22 of really big changes. Um, like, you know, I moved to Miami. I'm um, moving into lots of new um, like chapters of my my practice in terms of tarot healing my podcast. I have a book that I'm finishing in 22. <gasps> how yeah. exciting. So yeah, so I'm like, oh, it feels like um, really beautiful, like um, new beginnings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that a lot of us had that in ways in 2013 to 14. Now we're being offered this this new transit with the with where Venus is. And it's kind of like, what do we learn? Um, what are we proud of that we did? What, how would we navigate certain things differently because we're being given the opportunity? So I like looking at astrology in those ways because we really can have those moments of like, like when you had that like, oh, that makes sense with Saturn returns. Like, oh, I, okay, now I see where I was with Venus. It was, yeah. it was an opportunity to start over. That marriage wasn't aligned. I really wasn't meant to be you know, the creative director of Playboy for the rest of my life. And I was given a clean slate. Um, didn't don't love all the choices I made back then. But it was like <laughs> now that I know kind of like what what that can bring with Venus, I'm like, oh, I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. And there are things I would do differently. So that's what I love about being able to chart astrology, look at the patterns. Um, and yeah, we can predict certain things, but it's also always in motion. So it's more of like a framework, right. you know? Right. So have you ever met someone like in this lifetime that you were like, I like I knew you. 
Has that ever happened to you? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've had it. Um, my like even when I was saying I met some of my soul family on Instagram, I was like, oh, it's crazy. My friend Phil, who um Phil Good, he's like a very um like famous like spiritual thought leader. And we connected and it was like I followed his stuff because he was one of the first people like in my breakdown in 2017 that his content was really resonating. And then um we were like DMing and then we became friends and then he came to stay with me in Miami. And he's even said he was like, you were like the moment I like connected with you. He's like, we know each other. And it was like that. And people who follow both of us are like, you guys were either like husband and wife or like brother and sister before. Cause it's so cool. it was just like a, I know you, yeah. you know, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so cool. Yeah. And I think it's like it comes through when you feel um, instantly at, at home with somebody. Because some people you're excited to meet, but you're like, we're still getting to know each other. Right. And it's like, okay, we're learning. You know it's new. Yeah. Yeah. But there's that feeling of like instantly like, oh my God, I can a thousand percent be myself because like I know you. And like I yeah. like, you know, I feel like we already are in sort of this like soul family that we're cool. There's nothing to that we have to kind of um, prove or show to one another. Right. There's this like deeper understanding. Yeah. That um yeah, like I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. It's it's like this familiar, intense yes. familiar feeling. Yes. That, you know, and it goes beyond comfort. Because totally. you can meet someone and be immediately comfortable with yeah. them. It's I, I need to find a better way of putting No, definitely. It's yeah, <laughs> it's like that a knowing. No, I know yeah. exactly what you mean, but it is, it's like that inner knowing because you're like, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah that's so it's so interesting how how that happens. Have you ever fought it? Like you're like no. Um. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that it can be. Here's the funny thing: is like in relationships, it's not. It doesn't always mean that it's your forever person. It could be that you knew them in a past That's life, a and you guys have karma to work out. So one of my exes, a hundred percent, I had that, and I think people mistake it as like, oh, this means this is my person, this is going to be my spouse or right. whatever in this lifetime, and it's like, oh, we were meant to come together we had some things to like move through and clear. Um, but I had then seen in um, like a, a plant medicine journey that I had robbed this person in a past life, like like Monopoly Man style with like a bag <laughs> from their house and that they had to come in and like they, they were not kind to me in this lifetime. But I was like, OK, I think the karma has been cleared where it was kind of You've like been exonerated. A, yes. I'm like, I'm sorry I robbed your house before. Thanks for like emotionally beating the shit out of me. We're good. Like, you know, like, I've paid my dues. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's another thing, especially in romantic relationships where it can get tricky because people are like, oh, it feels so um, familiar, which is amazing. And sometimes that does mean that it's like your your person in this lifetime. Right. But sometimes it's just like, oh, we, we're supposed to come back together because we have some things to move through karmically, you know? Hmm. That's, yeah. I never thought of that, to yeah. be honest. But of course, it's like 100% true because- why would someone be your person forever? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Food for thought. That's <laughs> interesting. Um, so we quickly talked about how you, um, you know, you started this journey when you were young and then you kind of like straight away and it, I feel like it found its way back to you. Like yeah. it pulled you back in. Yeah. Like, hey, oh, definitely. You forgot. Yes. Come back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, how do you, what would your advice be to someone that's kind of like 
you know, going through something similar. Yeah, I think that it is. There's, I'm probably going to butcher this quote, but like um, Oprah has this quote of first things come to you in a whisper and then an audible tone. And then if you don't listen, like a shout, you know? Mm. And I think a lot of people are hearing the whispers, if not the audible tone right now of like, mm, like either being called to make a career shift of like, this yeah. isn't my sole purpose. And I kind of know it. Um, So I would say, listen, listen to the, I mean, I had the freaking like, you know, shout come in very loudly, <laughs> aggressively. Um, so I would say listen to the whispers, listen to the audible tones with that. Um, and you don't have to know like exactly how, but just even a curiosity as that comes in of like, I'm curious to listening to that. I'm curious to where that takes me because I think that um, a lot of us um, may have chose whether it was um, romantic partners, career paths, all of the above to fit into what we thought success looked like. And mm -hmm. that was very much like my story and like, oh, I want to be this like Carrie Bradshaw, like, you know, fashion designer of New York and like super successful and in ways I was on the surface, but it was definitely like now that I do this work, I'm like, this is what I was, this is what I came here to do. So it was almost like, you know, God source the universe. We always have free will. It was like, okay, we're going to let you move through this and like learn right. the lessons you need to. And if you need to go through this part of the journey to understand more deeply your, your abilities and like what you're here to do, cool. But I think a lot of people are having the call right now of like whether that's um, how they're going to navigate life differently, whether they're exiting relationships or jobs to something more aligned or opening to new purposes and, mm -hmm. and new places that they're being called. So I would say like the biggest thing is just listen and be curious and try not to shut it down you know yes that's a big one yeah yeah because it's if we've talked about it, it's scary for people oh my gosh if someone had told me when i was at like the height of my career as like a global vp and creative director of playboy that i was going to be like a full-time tarot witch i'd be like you can shut the <laughs> f up like you know that's never gonna happen and then i was gonna leave new york i'd be like now and like i am so grateful i'm here in miami doing this work like i can't like ah uh, every day i just wake up like overwhelmed with gratitude but if i had someone had told myself that in 2012 2013 i would be like yeah like you know no, you don't know what you're talking yeah, about like hell no yeah oh my goodness have you ever had to deliver bad news um yes and i think that that's one of the misconceptions of um this work is that it is so healing and so um, like it very largely positive. And I would say like almost all of my readings, I rarely see super negative things come through, but I always tell people, um, I'll tell you what I see. And like I, when I ask for what is helpful, healing and empowering that the person in front of me needs to hear that's ready to hear. Um, so sometimes it's, they're not in, they're in a relationship and you can energetically sense that they know it too, like that they're on the fence. And the way that I will deliver that, I'm not like you need to leave this horrible human. I'll just be like there, you can choose to stay in this as long as you feel you need the lesson. And I'll guide people to like ask yourself every day how you're feeling in this, you know, and right. even ask like God source the universe, um, you know, allow me to um, like have the clarity to stay in this if I need to learn lessons and to be open to the guidance when I'm being called to leave. So things like that I do see. Um, I know that there are certain readers that are much more like smackdown, like you need to get out of this now. I try to be really gentle with the process because sometimes and it's like I don't have children. You do. But I'm sure you see with your children. I see this with my niece and nephew um like you have to like 
they have to go through things mm-hmm. to learn themselves. So I might be able to see like, this is not your person, like get out of this, you'll save yourself some heartache, right. but they may need to go through that heartache to be 100% clear on their choice and feel empowered when they choose it. And I think it's like, that can be, it's, and it's one of the blessings and curses of intuition. Like I have this even with family members and close friends where I don't over like insert myself when I see someone doing something that I'm like, you're no, this isn't the job for you or that's not the boyfriend for you. But like, if they come to me, obviously, or especially if they're like, you know, can I have a reading on this issue? Right. I will I will be clear with what I see. But it's kind of a lot of people have we have free will. It's like one of the things in this lifetime that we're granted. So um, being able to move through what we need to until we can receive that clarity. So that's probably I mean, it's it's easier in some ways with clients because it's more objective. I think it's harder seeing it with people that like are in my life that I love and care about. Right. Where I'm like, oh, you're doing that thing again. OK, OK. That's how she's got to learn it. You know, <laughs> like that must be so frustrating. It can be. Because yeah. You're, you're like, no. Yes. Don't waste time on that. Yeah. Or look over here. Look at this other thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. And it's like, I've definitely um, had that in friendships where I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm like, you got to learn in your own time. It's like, you know, the kid who does, who like falls down, like doing the same thing eight times. And on the ninth time is like, oh, I'm not going to do it. And I am going to tie my shoes. I'm not going to run with my shoes untied. You're like, okay, now we've got it, you know, <laughs> but it's, it's, it, that can be, I think it's harder with, yeah, people in my personal realm, but no, in readings, when I have to deliver that, I try to just do it with so much like, um, kindness and mindfulness of how I would want to receive that, how I would deliver it to someone that I love. Um, right. Because it's like be kind to ourselves. We like, I mean, I I've done things many times, and probably will still continue that I have to learn multiple times, and it's not so cut and dry. So um, I deliver news when it's not like you know great news, but I try to do it with like be gentle to yourself as you navigate this part of the journey. That's not going to be so fun, you know. That's that's so interesting. Yeah, because you know, in like movies and the stereotypical like tarot reader like I know we talked about Miss Cleo and yes, her phone yes. call like everything's so black and yes. white and like well you know now you have to do this and yeah so it's yeah it's so interesting that and the thing I always explain too is it's definitely not so black and white. It's um I I'm people come to me, I'm pretty known for timelines of like probably because my um like connection to astrology of like, oh, like I've I've had someone come to me and I'm like, oh, you're gonna meet somebody um in the next five weeks and like and she was like, no way. And I was like, it's someone through work. She's like, everyone I work with is fugly. And I'm like, okay, well, think bigger. I'm like, this is this is I'm like, I could be a vendor, like someone, a client through work. It's not like your coworker Bob, right? Um, and so then she contacted me and was like literally five weeks from the day of our reading, um, uh, someone from the London office came in. We started dating. They're now engaged. So cool. Um, So I'm known for timelines. But even within that, I will say that like um, in terms of like the Akashic records, how timelines work, it's almost like a Tetris game where things are always shifting. So I see the most probable timelines, but every decision we make can shift those. So it's kind of like, okay, this is the most predominant that I see today. But like, you know, like making five different choices from today through February may then shift that timeline. So, right. and it's also like that the, there's a nothing set in stone. So the free will that we activate within that um, doesn't mean like, oh, this is absolutely a hundred percent. Like we have free will to change that. Even if you see something you don't like in a reading, like if it's like a, hey, there's going to be this conflict like that, you know, I see coming up in the next two weeks, just be mindful of that. If, if you receive that and you're like, I'm going to come to the table with at work, a work conflict, like my 
higher self um, and more conscious and not as combative, it's probably going to mitigate the situation, you know? So there are things that we, we always have free will. So I kind of offer what I see. I'm always like, it's like taking the temperature of your energy at this point in time and whatever clarity and tools that provides, but it's definitely not set in stone. That's good to hear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's comforting. Um, how would you explain time? Is, is it not linear? Yeah, I mean, I definitely believe that it's not linear. I believe that, um, you know, we use linear time kind of in this like 3D human matrix to give an understanding of how of like how we're moving through it. But I think we're it's all happening almost like stacked, like instead of like from moving from like left to right in terms of past to future, it's kind of stacked on top of each other. And so I think that we can access like our past self and our future self all the time. Like I have moments that I'm so grateful for my life in Miami that I'll send. I always say like postcards to my past self of like, girl, gets better. Like you get the Versace bag. You have the beautiful (laughs) apartment. You're in this amazing city with such cool community. Like, you know, to my past self that's like crying on the floor of this horrible, like, you know, shitty, shitty studio in New York. Um, So I, I think we can access that. And those are almost breadcrumbs that we can leave to our past self to guide them that feel that sense of hope, that feel that connection action to these different, you know, layers of time. And at the same point, I'll ask my future self for guidance out of, you know, when I'm not clear and like, she knows where I'm headed. She knows it's even better at like age, like, well, you know, 40 something, 50 something than, than it is today. So when I'm like, oh, like when I have impatience about, am I going to have a, like a divine partner, like a co-creator in this lifetime as a romantic partner? I'm like, I know that I do at some point and it's it's whenever that's meant to be. And I'll like talk to her about that of like, be patient, just don't force yourself to go out with that mofo just because you're lonely you know like that's what she's telling me um so i think that that like we can access all of those timelines because they're stacked they're not they're not unreachable you know that makes a lot of sense yeah 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 because we're we're taught to look at time linear yeah but that does not make sense totally totally yeah i mean just from a human perspective like we within ourselves we can choose to live in the past or the future yeah right as a person like if i'm always thinking about you know what i did a year ago or who i was or whatever that's living in the past yeah 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 mentally we can do that Mm -hmm. um so to me the whole idea of time being linear hasn't hasn't really like made sense. Oh, absolutely. And I yeah. think even when we go back into memories, we're activating the past timeline and there's ways to like work with that and even heal parts of, I mean, you maybe not necessarily um, in the way that you're like, I can change a complete situation, but you can um, heal kind of like your energies around something and like give, give that, like when I'm always saying I send stuff, I send tools to my past self of kind of like, and I fully, fully believe when there was that crossroads of I could have exited this lifetime and a sequence of events happened that I didn't I'm like because I'm constantly like sending her like a little survival kit you know of like it gets better like get you're gonna get through this part and it's so worth it so I think that we can also work with those timelines too wow okay that's getting mathematical (laughs) (laughs) my goodness I thought you were gonna give me like a simple explanation (laughs) no 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 this is great I just wow now I'm stumped my god okay I thought you were gonna tell me like oh it's circular I mean yeah I I believe it all exists at once which I and it's so funny because I'll have these conversations with my best friend and she'll she'll be like my brain hurts stop talking but I think it's empowering to know too of like because that opens up so much and um like although every decision that we make carries weight and is important it also 
also is more flexible and more fluid. It's not right. so rigid. Yeah. Right. Do you think um, we choose when we're going to leave? Um, I be- like I-, I think that our-, our human selves don't always know that, but I do believe it. Yeah, I believe that like our higher self, um, the way that we con- made our contracts to come into this lifetime. Yes. And I think like um, sometimes when it's very tragic and very um, definitely like, you know, not not fair, not just in how it went out. It can be a shock to like the, the humans, like the- ourselves, if that's mm-hmm. our exit point and those around us. But I do believe like on the transition to the other side, it's kind of like, a, OK, like that was in my contracts for whatever reason that were chosen. So I do, I do believe that. Um, right. Yeah. And there's something about that, that I, I do find freeing as well. Like when I was saying I, I have less um, fear mm-hmm. or um, like, yeah, just like limitations around how I live my life knowing that. Cause I'm kind of like, I trust the contracts I signed coming in, you know, <laughs> like even all of the darkest points of my life up until now, I I'm, I've seen why even, even at this point, I'm like, I've seen a lot of the whys of why I navigated right. that. And it was terrible at the time. It was, you know, I went through some some terrible things in New York and I I still am like, oh, I, I, I understand. And I think I'll continue to probably understand as I move through this lifetime. Right. Yeah. yeah. You figure out the why. Yeah. And that's very, um, it's very gratifying. Yeah. Right. When all of a sudden something makes sense. Yeah. Where it didn't make sense before. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to talk about uh, you. Uh, quickly alluded to the fact that you were in the fashion industry and all of that stuff. So is that what led to you making your own tarot card? Deck? Yeah, yeah. It's I, I definitely so my um I went to, you know, college for fashion design. I worked for um I designed for Nike, Donna Karen, um, Playboy. I had my own lingerie line at a point. And I always really did love um I love like the element of the visual aspects of fashion and things that make people feel beautiful. And it's funny when I took that, I think a lot of people have this, and those those of us that are go- have gone through a switch from something more in the material world to like spiritual or, or wellness work were like, oh, is that bad? And I had this like, am I supposed to be wearing like a skirt made of wheat and like living in a hut in Costa Rica with my dog? Like, is that what I'm supposed to be doing now? And I'm like, no, I still, this is still part of me and part of the, part of the like gifts that I was given in this lifetime were I'm a visual artist. So I illustrated my own tarot deck and I still really love like dressing up my avatar. I always say like, if this is, I, I mean, this might be my, my last human life. I'm going to have fun. I love food. I love, you know, accessories. I'm going to have fun with it. And I definitely bring that to like my brand to make it more approachable. So um, when I created my own tarot deck in 2018, it's the way that I used to teach classes as I would say, um, for example, the world ruled by Saturn. Like when I was saying Saturn is kind of like that teacher of like life lessons of all the things that they've moved through. It's Betty White and my deck. So I'm like she had and you know, it's crazy. She just passed. We love her. But she had a very long and like um, really impactful life. And that's Saturn vibes of moving through all of those lessons. So I'd be like, oh, the world is like Betty White. Um, The hero fans is Oprah because it's kind of like those aha moments, those super soul moments. And I'm like, so that's Oprah vibes. And my best friend in 2018, we were on a trip to Amsterdam together and I was looking for a new tarot deck because I always even though I've read with the same one largely I always collect them Mm -hmm. like I want one that's all kind of like really cool empowered women and it was that was an aha moment of like my best friend looked at me and she's like you should just illustrate it because I was you know had illustrating you know in in my background in fashion and I was like oh like that sounds like a good idea I don't know and I sat on it for a couple months and then I created my deck in 2018 Um, and so I originally was just like oh I'll teach I'll use it if nothing else if no one uses it I'll 
print one copy and I'll read with it and I'll teach with it. And then it ended up um, like getting published and coming out and now it's sold all over. And it's it's cool because I didn't I mean, I'm so grateful that other people resonate with it and they're learning tarot as a result of it. But yeah, yeah. I think it's so cool that you chose uh, modern day women. Yeah, because it, you know, like someone new coming to tarot may not connect with the older cards yeah. and what they mean but everybody knows who Betty White is totally right like everyone knows who Oprah is and they can quickly make connections and that's what it was because I feel like the old deck it's like popes and like queens and kings and kind right. of like what is a page like so a lot of people yeah. were kind of like I don't really yeah it doesn't have a, a meaning to their personal yeah. experience unless you're like a history book yeah a lot of it will go over your head yeah because, you know okay the pope and <laughs> yeah and it was also like all like like old white guys mostly are the cards and I was like right. I, I wanted to come from like a yeah like from a female perspective too and celebrate that so yeah all of mine are like iconic um, you know women from like our modern age to help people learn and be like oh yeah that is like Oprah I get that yeah. or like you know Justice is Ruth Bader Ginsburg it's like okay cool yeah that makes sense and right. I think that um, like one of the and people are always like what are the knights and I'm like the knights are kind of um fast moving messengers that kind of bring things to the collective through message and I made Mindy Kaling the knight of pentacles because I love her and I'm like she's been such a badass in terms of like this is what you can do as an entrepreneurial woman and that's kind of like the entrepreneurial knight is the knight of pentacles um so yeah I tried to create a deck that was approachable and could democratize tarot for people that were intimidated of like oh it's a lot of cards I don't even know what any of these images mean so I'm glad that like um it has been received and it's helping people to learn in a new way I think it's genius and the course that you have coming up are you going to be using your deck yeah I'm going to be using both um the Smith Rider weight and my deck side by side because a lot of even my deck is derived so the Smith Rider weight was the one that um I was talking about that was like came out in the late 1800s the one you bought at Barnes and Noble yes and it's kind of like that's most people know it it's kind of like the most iconic imagery so I I'm going to be teaching um with mine and that one side by Mm -hmm. side um so that other people that use other decks that are not mine still kind of the see the old old school iconic imagery and all of that imagery is within built within mine too um to some degree and it's it's a course about like tapping into intuition through tarot so kind of um it's going to be how to read but also how we um really get get more into our intuitive gifts through the cards as well Right. And people can sign up in your website. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, um, I think, February, March. It's the spring for sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm aiming for like before the the equinox in the spring. I'm working on it now. So, yes. I like that. That's so cool. Like, right. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's going to be super exciting. I'm Thank sure you. that it's going to be a hit because you're just a wealth of information. And I love how you make everything so accessible. Thank you. Yeah. That was totally my goal because I, I do feel like it's intimidating and um, it can make you feel like, oh, it's too hard or like I'm not going to be able to do that. And like I said, everyone can do it. Absolutely everyone. So if there's any mild level of interest or curiosity, like it is accessible for sure. Right. So I have one more question from actually one of our listeners when I mentioned that, that you were coming on. Yeah. Um, they they said, um, in well, this specific scenario you know, like start diving into tarot and you, how do you make sure that no darkness comes in? Yeah, that's, that is a really good question. Um, And I think that when I was saying how I do kind of like my meditation and my prayer before each reading, um, it's really good to kind of put the intention of, um, 
you know, information, clarity, messages, signs, symbols only coming from the light. Mm -hmm. And however you want to um, state that. I also like cleanse my space with herbs, cleanse the deck, like at the beginning of like my my work day, beginning of every day, cleanse my space very intentionally um, to remove old energies from like old readings, from things that may have come through. But I think kind of like setting and if you and if you read from for me, I have like a little um, space in my apartment that I use as a tarot, like salon or tarot studio. And I'm very mindful about like keeping that space very like clean and clear of energies. But I think, yeah, a, a small like meditation or prayer beforehand of kind of just like the only letting information, like I said, mine is that is helpful, healing and empowering and of the light to come through that's going to be received right. by the by the client, by the person that I'm working with. Yeah, I thought that was really that was a good point. Because, yeah. Um, you often hear of people starting to dabble into this and then all of a sudden they experience this crazy things that don't feel so good. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think when I was saying when I started to experience a lot of crazy like spirit energies, um, like from the other side, I, that was what quickly taught me about boundaries too. Mm-hmm. So it's like coming into it very boundaried of like, I'm here to receive all of the messages that are healing and empowering, but like, that's all that I'm going to allow through my channel, through my cards, right. you know? Right. Um, I keep thinking about the, the guy with the palm prints. Yeah. How come he he hadn't like as they say moved on yeah is that a thing that's what so i talked to another um psychic friend of mine because i had kind of done like a little ritual i was like um you know talking to him like sending him so much love but like loving boundaries it's it's kind right. of like what we learn with humans yes. spirits have it too right where i was like i i love you i see you i know why you're coming here but like i am not the answer and like i think he was in this loop of what he did for a living with the window washing and also like because i did a lot of um psychic activity my apartment was probably like lit up to him of like oh there's someone who i can Yes, totally that I can go to. And I was like, but I'm not the light. I'm like a channel, you know? Um, So I was talking to a friend who's a psychic and she said that her her experience, um, she works more as a psychic medium where I'm more like a like psychic energy reader. She she said that uh, they that it's rare, but that she has seen spirits that get stuck in that loop. And she was like, where we can like send him energy to go like to, to move on and transition. And when you were talking about is everything contracted and I was like, I do believe it is. But some things are super tragic and it's so jarring that that's more when people, I think, get in those loops when they're kind of like a, they where the heck did it like he literally right. like, you know, passed away from falling from from a tower window washing. So I'm sure that's very jarring to like not just the body, but to the soul yeah. of like, oh, my gosh, like and then trying to make sense of that transition. So, she, you know, I did like um, a ceremony and a ritual around it. She came over and was like helping me work through it because I was like, I need someone else's perspective on this. It was when I was very new when For I was coming sure. into this work. Um, so, yeah, I think that that can happen. I think it's more rare, but I think that that was probably the case with that and can and can be the case yeah what do you think about all these like um famous mediums that have come out in the last couple years and all of a sudden you know you hear like how they're um you know that it's not true or or they'll do like very generic um you know, readings and the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it's sad. And I think that that can happen in any industry. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is mine. So I'm like attached more to that than others. Um, I think that um, there are so many people that are really um, gifted with this. And like I said, everyone can tap into it. Some people are more have, you know, been working with it longer, have more access to those gifts. But I, I, I always am saddened when those things happen that they're, they're, um, you know, manipulating people, or right. they're, they're using um, kind 
kind of like like uh, this as a uh, a false way to mm-hmm. to to seek fame or or you know financial abundance. Um, but I think that that can happen. It can happen with lawyers. It can happen with doctors. Yes. It can happen with you know. So I look at that as it's definitely like it's heartbreaking. But I think that it occurs in in every industry. And the more of us, it's the same as like if there's you know a terrible um, medical practitioner or a terrible mm-hmm. lawyer that's exposed. The more of us that are doing this from a sense of sole purpose and for good, it just we have to like you know come out even stronger and um, still be able to offer this healing to the world and not um, not be kind of I don't know like uh, negatively impacted ourselves by that of like oh what are people gonna think like I know that I'm coming at this from a place of healing and I'm yeah. it's unfortunate that other people are damaging this industry as a result of doing that but it's not gonna hopefully I mean, it's not gonna stop me and I hopefully it's not gonna stop others from coming into this work as a result of that. Yeah, that's, yeah, you put it perfectly. I always think about it from that perspective as well. Like I come from a teaching background. Yeah. And, you know, that profession speaks to a lot of people that want to help and want to be of service, but it also speaks to a lot of people that just want to be in a position of authority. Yeah. So you'll have some really great teachers and then you'll have teachers that just want people to look up to them. Yeah. And just like bow down to like, you know, yeah. oh, you're the teacher, you're so perfect, you know everything type Yeah, of that needed energy. that validation probably yeah. growing up and now they're seeking it in that. Yeah. Right. So I think... I completely agree with you. Each profession has that appeal. Yeah. And it's just unfortunate that in this one, you hear more about the ones that are not doing it for the right reasons versus people like you who are actually helping and, you know, have a gift. Yeah. 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 It's, um, It's a shame. But I think that as people become more aware it should change hopefully yeah i think so too i think yeah. and i think that like when we were talking about people were always kind of um seeking um this like divination and guidance underground people are now it's more open and because mm-hmm. of that there probably is going to be more um there's more celebration of the people that are doing good work you know work from uh, of the light and that's probably going to counterbalance a little bit of what we're seeing in some of the right. the negative in this right do you you read every single day or you give yourself some rest? Um, I, I usually um, will take days off on the weekend. It depends. I change my schedule up. And then if I have um, like personal things, family visiting, obviously, like I take time. It's really hard for me to read with other people in my space because then I'm reading their energies. Like I, my dad I gets creeped out by it because like I can always, I read my, I'm very close to my dad and I can like read his mind a lot. Wow. Um, so it's, um yeah, so it's, it's distracting though, yeah. you know, when I'm trying to read uh, energy for other people. But um I, I pr- probably, I would say like four to five days a week I'm in readings and it, it shifts because I don't really have like a, like a hard and set schedule on my website. If you book with me, there's a calendar so you can always see like what the availability is. But I I think after leaving such a corporate life, I didn't want to be like Monday to Friday, nine to yes. five. So it's kind of like what feels aligned. It shifts based on the right. season. It shifts like um, I'm doing some like events now in Miami. I'm doing, um, it's like a private event at Faena and then a Soho house event at the end of the month. So then I'll take time when I'm doing like, you know, live stuff. Um, but it varies. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Because sometimes I wonder, like, how much does it take from you? Spirit, you know, like energetically and spiritually, like, can you only do a set number a day until you're depleted? I try to keep it to like four to five a day max because I do notice. That feels like a lot though. Yeah. I mean, I take breaks in between, but yeah, four to five a day is like the max. And then some days I'll just be like, I need to go to the beach today. And I find a lot of healing, which is like, I love being here, um, being at the beach, being physically in the ocean. And I'm like, I need that like, you know, to restore and recalibrate my energy fields. Um, But 
And I think it's, um, like I said, it varies. Sometimes it's very energizing and I'm like, oh yeah, I feel great. And then other times I just know that like both my physical and like my spiritual body are asking to, to reset and, and rest. Right. And one last question, because I could have you here forever. I love you. This is amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, who are spiritual guides? Like, where do they come from? Oh, in terms of like when we feel like our guides around us, you mean? Right. Yeah. I think who are, you know what I mean? Because sometimes I feel like, well, maybe there's somebody that I was related to. Yeah. I think that, I think that they can be. I think that they, um, it's, it's like our, the way that I look at it is like our, our team of spirit guides is like, um, like anyone from people that could, could have been like related to us, like ancestral, like past can also be like archangels are up in the mix. It can be, um, you know, other like, uh, beings from other star systems as well. I think it's not limited necessarily to only, to only people that are, um, like passed to the other side that we knew, but I think it's a, it's a collaboration of, um, energies that are connected to us and parts of us are in them too. So it's kind of like our team that is connecting to our higher self to help guide us. And that's what a lot of people who do this work will say, my guides. Um, I look at like our guides as similar to our higher self because they're all part of our higher self too. So, I mean, it's one of those things where that's like another linguistic, you could say like one or the yeah. other. Um, yeah. Cause I often will be like my guides or, um, you know, people will say like my higher self. And I, when I, in readings, I often will say they, because I don't want to confuse people. I'm just like, they're saying, you know? Right. Um, but yeah, I think it's a combination. Some people will very strongly be able to identify like, oh, I often feel like Archangel Raphael and, you know, coming through as one of my guides. Some people will say like, I'm very connected to like the Syrian star system and I feel them coming through. Um, and some people do feel their ancestors. I definitely, um, and I'm sure you, you probably have this, especially like with your grandmother. She's probably such a big part of your team and will continue to be. I have that with certain ancestors of mine that I just like know it and I feel them around me and collaborate with with other guides as well so you said something that like immediately caught my attention yeah you said beings from other star systems yeah what does that mean so like different like so like <laughs> this is a whole other conversation <laughs> sorry oh, no 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 okay so, many questions. so like um in our galaxy that's like our star system there's also different star systems of like um for example i feel a lot of connection to syrians like the mm -hmm. like Sirius star system um some people feel connection to the pleiades the like Ar arcturians um and feel that energy come through i didn't know what it was with the syrians for me until there's a point because i'm an astrology nerd that i would feel very activated every year in leo season and my ex is a leo i'm like it's because i was married to a Leo, like, why is this coming through? And when I would pinpoint the times that it was coming through, it was when the earth was aligned with Sirius B, the star system, <coughs> Sirius B. And I was like, oh, I would get really powerful downloads, information coming through. And then I started to look into, oh, what is that? And then I was seeing other people that were activated by or feeling like serious Syrian, you know, people from the Syrian or beings from the Syrian star system coming through. And similarly, people have that with like Arct Arcturians, um, Pleiadians. There's multiple different. So if you feel, if anyone feels like a strong resonance to a certain time astrologically that you can track that to, or just like something about one of those star systems, like you're drawn to it for some reason, you're drawn to certain constellations or certain, um, there's usually a connection there, which that's why I'm like, for some of us, it's archangels. For some of us, it's it's other like um, entities from star systems. For some, it is ancestors. I feel like uh, it's it's often a collaboration and like combination of all of the above that are with right. us. Yeah. I'm going to sound so ignorant right now, but I have to ask. Yeah. So would, 
Are these aliens? I mean, you could say aliens. Yes. And we that's, could say that. You could it's say, safe al- say it's safe to say aliens. Okay. I'm always like weird about saying aliens because I think that it's like for me, that word, it's funny. It was very alienating. So when people yeah. would talk about it in the past, I was like, I don't know about this. And then when I started to experience things, I was kind of like, oh, like higher dimensional beings, like mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. People say extraterrestrials, higher dimensional beings. But like, um, yeah, I guess you could say aliens for sure. Like, do I believe that now? A hundred percent. But like years ago, I would have been like, oh, that's that's another thing I would have been like, hell no. Like, are you freaking kidding me? You would have me? laughed it off. Yeah, totally. But now everything that like I've connected to energetically, I'm like, oh, there's no way that I think that it's only our, not only like just our earth plane, but like only our galaxy, the only the Milky Way that exists. Right. Like there's infinite galaxies, there's infinite yeah. star systems. So it makes sense that some of us are more connected to some than others, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mathematically, there's like what? thousands yeah yeah one has to be yeah you know okay yes, <laughs> at least one totally have you what is what do they call that when you're like uh when you're dream when you're sleeping yeah and you, like um like astral projection yes, yes thank you yeah have you experienced that um, I have, and I I think that a lot of us do, and we don't always remember. That's what I would say. It's is probably that, a good thing for me. Yeah, <laughs> I feel, totally freak out. <laughs> I feel like we do, and that's when I'm like, oh, I shut it down for years. Even when I think about like when I was such a heavy drinker, I'm like, I wanted to shut down a lot of those things because I was like, I don't want to deal with that, and that was my way of like doing that. Self medicating. Yeah, totally. Of like, I don't want to access that right now. It's too much. It's too much. Um, but I think a lot comes through in the astral realms, and for some of us, it feels like um very vivid dreaming astral projection is um, it does feel more intentional almost like doing it from a meditative state or even in your dream state where you can kind of like I don't want to say control it but you know it's happening and you're making um, conscious choices um, of where it's being guided and I've even connected with others um, like other people when you were saying have I met like people that are soul family from a past life like my friend Phil Good my friend Lori Ladd like I've had that with them Um, wow yeah so yeah so I think that that happens for sure Um, and I think like I said many of us can even have done it but maybe you're like oh and um, you've probably even had dreams where you're like there's something to that but like no maybe that's crazy or you start to wake up and it fades like the memories of it like fade um but the more that we do it and the more that we see that we're able to um not like navigate it from a place of choice and consciousness like one of the things is to look at your hands and like um when you see like oh no i'm here i'm choosing this like i can see and some people will have like um something like i have tattoos things on their hands that you're like oh i'm checking in no okay i'm i'm in this it's not just being controlled by another like part of me like i'm choosing this i'm navigating this as me um in the astral that yeah definitely wow no no you're good that's so yeah that's so interesting i tried looking into that once and i filled out this rabbit hole on reddit and it was so scary because it was all these threats about how you know these terrible experiences like you come across this this like being and it's a monster and like you you know then you're trapped or whatever yeah what is this okay i'm i'm out tapping out yeah no total and i think it's kind of like that's something that came through later for me of it just would like happen and then i was like oh wait how do i um how to like again put protection Mm -hmm. around one of the other things is like um putting like a grounding cord of imagining like a cord of light to like your physical body on the earth plane so that you're Mm -hmm. like i'm always coming back into that when you like explore in the astral um so yeah it's not something that 
that's been like an all the time thing for me. It almost came through accidentally. And then I realized that I was aware of it. And I was like, oh, it's almost like sneaking into a party and you're like, oh, wait, I'm here. you know. And I'm like, now I'm going to explore this mansion that in this party that I got into. I'm like, holy shit. So I was oh like God, very. So cool. Yeah. So it was kind of something that I explored by accident. Um, but I I do think that we all, again, that's another thing that we all have access to. But like, like you were saying with the listener who asked about protection around readings, I think it's something to not. Um, yeah, not take lightly to put protection. I always do like a grounding cord back to like the the earth planes in my body here. Yeah. Right. And you would you would teach all this in the course? Yeah. So I definitely okay. talk about like different. So it's for very beginners. Yeah. So it's okay. totally. And it's like very like um, working with tarot and then how that opens up doors to to intuition and in other ways and how. Yeah. And definitely like how we can work with our intuition and in other areas of our life based on kind of like opening using tarot as a portal to access that more deeply. Right. That's so cool. That's so, so exciting. Um, so last question for real this time. <laughs> <laughs> what do you have a book suggestion for uh, anybody listening? Oh. Who's- uh, who wants to look into this as yeah. a beginner? Yeah, um, I would say I love Sasha Graham. She um, has written many books on the tarot. Um, and if you like, and it'll give you, if even if you just look up Sasha Graham, my, my go-to with her, it's I think it's the complete Llewellyn's complete guide to the Rider Waite Smith, which is like the, you know, the mm-hmm. most famous common tarot deck. And it breaks it down by everything from numerology, astrology, um, to like the traditional meanings of the cards. So you can kind of see what 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 parts of that you're most interested in so if you're more astrologically inclined if you're more like numerologically or if you're more like oh i just want to learn like the images of the cards it's kind of like that's like a textbook like if we were at hogwarts i would say like that's the first textbook you should have if you're interested in tarot and she has many other books that are amazing she's a friend of mine from new york and very like well respected as as you know in the tarot industry um she has another one that's like 365 um like tarot spells so each day like pull like a card and the intentions around that so you can move through a year of learning the deck which I thought was really wow, cool that's one yeah, yeah that's when I gift people a lot and it's cool because you can either do day by day or you can look up like um today I'm working with like abundance block so I want to work with this card and kind of the, this intention right. or this spell around it that's a great one but she has Sasha Graham like I, I always I'm like she's she's the she's the queen of in terms of like um yeah learning textbooks um ways to work with the tarot she's great and you have your own book yeah. Mentioned. So mine is coming out um, the end of 22 and it's it's half memoir and half spell book. So it's kind of like how I went from fashion bitch to wellness witch, kind of like the- very, Is that the title? Well, it's going to be, I think I think it's it's working title, I'll say it, but it's going to be called the Saturn Diaries because it started with my Saturn return. So like the Saturn okay. Diaries and then like the subline being um, a modern day grimoire, which is like modern day spell book because it was um, a lot of the kind of like, like sex in the city, like how my life was, yeah. but then um, the things that I navigated th- like through the, br- like the breakdown, the breakthrough tools that I used, whether it was like tarot, tarot cards, cards, um, herbology, like little elixirs and tinctures that I was creating to help heal um, and kind of things that I kept note of that. So partially like the, you know, spell book in that part of it. And then partially like the story of how I went from, yeah, like fashion bitch to wellness, which um, so that I you, love that. Thank you, you need to put that somewhere in there. That's genius. <laughs> so you can read it two ways where if you want to read the story as kind of a memoir, but then you could also reference it just as a spell book of like, oh, cool. Like I'm struggling with intuition and I want to make a latte that activates your third 
third eye. So like there's like a, a latte that I created that cinnamon cinnamon's very like third eye activating. Um, no wonder. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. Um, so it's like cinnamon, nutmeg, all these different ingredients that I, I created for that one um, and different little tools and, and kind of like tips throughout as someone who is awakening on their intuitive journey. So I wanted to create it that it could be used two ways. Um, and I mean, hopefully everyone reads all of it, but I'm like that way you can you can use it either way as like a quick reference book or like to read the story throughout. I'm so excited. Will you come back? Yes. Oh book? my gosh, of course. Oh my God, course. that's going to yeah. be so cool. But at the end of 22, you said. Yeah, right? so yeah. We, I'm we halfway, got time. Yeah, I'm halfway through now. Um, And so I finally, yeah, I'm so excited. I found the right partner to work with yeah. it, as you know. So I'm really excited to, to get this finished. It's going to be a hit because between you and the person that you found, which we both love. Yes, like, she's amazing. No. Yes. So Tabitha, yes. shout out to Tabitha. Yes, Tabitha. So grateful for her, for yeah. both of you. I felt like she's... I quickly found such community in Miami. And it's like, that's when you also know you're being guided on the right path. It was like meeting Tabitha, meeting you. And like, oh, I came here not knowing that many people. I have a couple friends who have since moved from New York, but I was just like, I'm just going to do it. And you like, were was... like one of the first in yeah. your group to, to break that <laughs> yes. seal. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, I I can, I did it, but I was yeah. a child when I moved here. Yeah. So it was, um, it was, and it was different because it was like, you know, I grew up with being indoctrinated, like, yeah, we are moving to the United States. Right, right. Know? So it was like, okay, well, like, we're here happening. now. Yeah, yeah totally. Done. totally. So much they gave me an American name. Yeah. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? So, um. I guess I don't really know, you know what I mean? Just having to uproot yourself like that and, and come to a new place. But yeah. I'm so happy that I'm you did. I'm so happy. I love it here yeah. so much. Yeah. I'm so happy. Um, Miami gets a lot of bad rap, but it's, you know, people like you coming here. And, oh, my uh, gosh. I am such a fan. Showcasing like I, yes. that we're not all like flip-flop wearing <laughs> crazy, you know, no, like it's the bad best. drivers. Oh, my gosh. No, you guys are the best. And I'm so grateful to be here and I think the people in Miami are like so kind so open so I've had nothing but positive experiences and I keep saying I I, I like half I'm like I wish I had moved sooner but as I say everything's guided on this journey so I probably right. needed to experience a lot of the things and said that I wasn't allowed to come until 2021 in my contracts but I'm so grateful to be here now I'm like oh like it, it, it's so yeah it's a beautiful place like you know, in terms of the the weather, the the beaches, but the people are really amazing, and I, I love Miami. So oh, huge, huge. Me fan. too. Me I feel too. like I'm gonna be here for the long haul. So <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. And we're happy to have you. I mean, I say like if I own the city, <laughs> <laughs> but you should. As a, as a person that lives here, I can say I'm very happy too that you're here. Yes, and, you know, you and and Catherine and Tabitha. Yes. Like I'm so happy that Miami's attracting people like you ladies that are just enriching the community. I love it with so everything much. that you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's so exciting. Well, thank you so much for thank being here and sharing with us and being so open and answering my bajillion questions. No, I loved it. I was like, you make me think. I was like, oh, wow, this was good. This was oh, so yay. good. Thank you. I was listening to. So uh, and we'll we'll have all these links, of course. Yeah. But your podcast, um, you know, you have it's such a wealth of information. So I was trying to make sure I wasn't repetitive. 
and no, that um, was amazing. I'll make you talk about things that you've already talked about a million times, but there were just questions I couldn't get away from. No, I love it. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. And to everybody listening, thank you again for, for being with us. And um, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Beck's information, which. Oh, yeah. I'm at CardsyB on Instagram, C A R D S Y B. And then my podcast is Hex in the City. Was it such a cool name? Oh, my goodness. When I saw it, I was like, of course. It's perfect. (laughs) Like, of course. Um, So, yes, we will link all of that below so they can reach out to you. And um, you can dive into Miami clientele a little more. Yes, I'm excited for that, 100%. All the crazy Hispanics. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you.